swing on a star, carry moonbeams home in a jar, and be better off than you are. Or would you rather be a pig? Welcome back. Uh, this is uh, Mike Fardy. I'm here with the newly named Greenlight Podcast. So welcome. We named it. We finally did. I won't tell you how long into this process we've actually gone before before doing this. So <laughs> uh, we're here today with uh, with Ross Moore, who's a local film producer. He uh, with short films. We met during the Nickel Film Festival's 48 Hour Horror Challenge um, and became. I'll say firm friends from day one. Uh, he's, he's a great guy, super interesting. He works for uh, Celtic Software. Uh, before we get into uh, the interview, I'm just going to say that if there were some sort of product or website or service or something that felt like they wanted to sponsor us, this is the time at which I would say amazing things about that product or service for the fives to tens to hundreds to thousands of listeners who knows how many people are on this right now could be millions i'm not going to draw a line on it all those people will be hearing about your product or service or website just saying for the future anyway enjoy this episode and all the monkeys are in the zoo every day we're here with ross moore today uh which is which is pretty exciting for me i've been waiting we have uh me, me and ross are uh i'm i'm currently trying to court him into uh, becoming like long-term film partners. <laughs> That's what this I, is. I don't know if I've made this clear before, but you can't leave now. So now that you're here, this is it. That's awkward. I was wondering what the, the ropes were for. Yeah, well, that's that's what we are here. That's what we're here for. We have you tied down, uh, and you won't be going anywhere until you accept one of the five pitches that I will be giving you today. So, uh, Ross. Yeah. We're, so we're here. We're just gonna we're gonna chat about some some movies and stuff like that. Um, so what do you what do you have in in the works right now? Uh, well, I just finished a short last year. It is last year now. Um, uh, called The Woman and Wife. It's about eight minutes long. Uh, I produced it and I wrote it and I directed it and I acted in it. And um, uh, pretty happy with that. So I'm I'm shopping that around to uh, various festivals. Uh, getting into uh, none <laughs> so far, <laughs> not letting that de- deter me. I'm really proud of it. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's that's one that I just I just finished, and uh, well, uh, of course, you and I are working on Matchstick. Yes, uh, a horror producing that, um, which uh, will be a lot of fun. Not a, not a whole lot of uh, horror gets gets made in this city outside of the horror challenge. Uh, so it'd be kind of cool to do to do that. Um, and uh, aside from that, I'm uh, working on a feature uh, called CanCon. I wrote it. I started writing it about a decade ago, which is scary and sad. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm on the no. Uh, it's it's endearing. <laughs> yeah. It shows that you're willing to put the work in that's and it. that you're dedicated. And that's what it shows. <laughs> <laughs> and it's uh, but I'm on the ninth ninth draft now. Um, and I have a meeting with uh, with a potential uh, executive producer this week, hopefully. Um, so maybe, maybe fingers crossed. But it's uh, been so long in the works now that I don't get my hopes up too high anymore. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, which makes those conversations really shitty. They're like, "Hey, that sounds interesting." I'm like, "You don't think it's interesting? <laughs> yeah. I, you, I've been hurt don't before. Don't get me around anymore. <laughs> I know what it is." 
um, but it's it's a it's a a, a comedy, uh, kind of like a, a caper comedy. That the the quickest way I describe it to people is if um, Snatch was directed by Edgar Wright. Ah, okay. Uh, that's that's the kind of the style that I'm, I'm going for with it. Uh, just a. Uh, uh, a group of friends try to scam a radio station out of uh, a St. John's radio station out of a uh, hundred thousand dollars, and um, uh, to do so, they steal the identity of uh, of an old man, a little old man. And it turns out the little old man was into the the New York mob for a lot of money, and then they come <clears throat> looking for him, and the uh, the hijinks ensue. <laughs> I, I, try, I try not to be too energetic about it when I describe it. No, well, you're you're definitely succeeding in in that goal, so that's that's good. Uh, well, I've read I've read CanCon and I've um I've I've seen Woman in White and they're very they're very like different. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that's one thing that I've that I've always wondered about. Do you ever find or do you ever feel any sort of pressure that you should be diving into one genre? And just trying to put out as much as you can in that one sort of thing. Like, I, how would you classify Woman in White first? Like, uh, I thought I, I kind of thought it would be like sort of a, a horror, mm-hmm. but I think I was just drawing that from the Woman in White, Woman in Black, yeah, yeah, thing because it's a, it, it's a really unique piece. Well, I appreciate that. Um, I, I guess the, I mean the easiest cop out answer would be just to call it a drama, mm-hmm. um, but it's it's dark. Uh, it's, it's definitely the darkest thing that I've done. Um, but it isn't, I guess, overtly so. Um, it's, it's kind of what's happening underneath or, or what has just happened, what's in the, in the subtext there, which is, is interesting for me. Uh, trying, to, trying to write subtext is, is difficult because when you, when you deliberately write it, it kind of just comes out as right. <laughs> exactly that. Yeah. Um, and then you, you, know, you want to respect your audience to a degree, so you don't want to make it too obvious. But then you want to make sure that people actually get it, right? So you can't be too cryptic with it either. Uh, so it's it's a it's a fine line line to walk. Um, but I think you know the reaction has been positive. Most most people get it. Some people will have a couple of questions, and 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 usually that question is exactly the right question. Yeah. Like okay. is this what happened? I'm like, yes, that is what happened. Uh, so that's really satisfying. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's a drama, but it does, it certainly has, um, horror, not horror elements so much, but, uh, it hints at. Right. Yeah. And, and you could, things. if you saw either side of what's happening beyond that one yeah. scene, you'd probably be able to, to see, to get those horror elements. In yeah. There. Cause there are the elements that, are, the events that led up to the, the eight minutes that we see. And then there's the, uh, it's also goes into like the kind of like the psyche of a, of a child, which obviously the imagination runs wild um, with, with scary uh, imagery, and, and you don't see any of it, but it obviously all of that, all, all of it has uh, horrific elements to it. Um, but in the end, it ends up being, well, I don't want to say what it ends up being. Or what, <laughs> in, the, in the end, this is what happens. Uh, it, it's, uh, it's, it's dark, but I think people can still walk away with it, uh, walk away from it uh, with... Uh, some, some pleasant thoughts. I don't think it's all. Yeah. I don't think. I don't think it's all bad, man. I guess. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. I'll have to. I'll have to watch it. We can. Uh, can people who are listening watch it anywhere now, or is it no, just going no. to festivals? It's still in that f- festival purgatory now, where uh, I can't put it out online or anything like that. But uh, I guess come this summer, I'll probably just put it out. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Have uh, Have you produced any other? Have you? You've produced. I, I think the only other thing that I've seen by you was the uh the the, the grocery store 
Yeah, of the essence. Yeah, yeah. of the essence. Yeah. Was, was that your first film of the essence? No, that was my second. Second, okay. Uh, that was uh, done through Picture Start, um, and Andrew Winter produced that. I was writer director on that. Okay. Um, and my first film was uh, was called The Fourth Minute, uh, which I did through the the NIFCO first time film filmmakers program. So um, they say that you that the filmmaker is the producer of that, but I. I, I don't know. I feel like <laughs> Nifco. I feel like Nifco is the producer of that. Right. Um, but yeah. So uh, the fourth minute is kind of kind of a wacky comedy, um, just set in the the mind of a of a neurotic fella sitting in a car waiting for his new girlfriend to come out of a house, um, and then of the essence, it kind of originated as a as a straight up romantic comedy, mm-hmm. uh, but evolved into a, a dramatic comedy mm-hmm. it starts out awkwardly funny uh unbearably awkward for, for some <laughs> people which uh again was a satisfying thing when i when i when i watched the screen at the atlantic film festival um the one particularly awkward moment that you could hear a pin drop in in the audience and it was uh yeah it was it was satisfying oh, so what what is that ah sound are you are you happy like are you <laughs> oh, like oh, yeah. yes suffer yeah, like, yeah well <laughs> it's uh it's it, yeah I, I guess it's one of those things like i achieved what i wanted to achieve but i didn't know it would feel so awkward <laughs> to watch it with so you people. lars von trier them yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well it's I, I consider it the kind of it's like you know the office kind of awkward like ricky right. gervais awkward oh, right? okay where uh, like you just want to leave, but you—it's like a car accident. You can't stop watching or listening, anyway. Uh, but then it kind of—it kind of the film kind of takes a switch um, and becomes like a, a straight up drama. Uh, so I was really really happy with that one too. Um, and then beyond that, I've I've done a couple of the horror challenges. Yeah, uh, which is where we met. That's right. Yeah, yeah, we met at the second one. The second one. I'm yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, and those are, those are a blast. Uh, and you know, I guess, well, when I say like the woman in white is the darkest thing that I've done, uh, a couple of those horrors were pretty goddamn dark. Yeah. So the, the horror, <laughs> the horror challenge is the, the nickel film festival's 48 hour horror challenge. And, uh, I, I think the, like mine, mine were never horror ever. Yeah. I did all comedies. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, which worked, yeah. I guess, but yeah, it was, uh, but I, I, th- I think, the, the great thing about those and, and maybe the reason something so dark comes out of that is because you don't have, I think there's just something so basic about what you put out because mm-hmm. you don't have time to agonize over, over scripts. And yeah. there's something really beautiful about that, about just like sitting down and you write your first draft and you're like, oh no, that's also the last draft. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have time to do another one. <laughs> yeah. So we'll figure it out later and see, see what happens. Or that, that was my experience. Did you find that you... Were you sort of were you very script heavy or did you do everything on the day sort of? No, we were like um, very very loose with the script, uh, especially with the first one. Uh, me and my girlfriend Kim, we uh, just two of us in it, just using a, a laptop camera and our phones, uh, shot it over the weekend. And the the um, the script was pretty much like this is what happens. These are kind of the lines. And next scene, this is what happens. These are kind right. of the lines, and uh, just you know, and if there had to be anything specific, we would we would just you know say that oh right, we have to say this. But right. yeah, it was it was it was very it was pretty pretty loose. I wouldn't say it's straight up improv by any means, but uh, pretty loosey goosey in that regard. And then the second one um, we we did with Andrew Winter and Lacey O'Connell, 
And uh, Andrew and I were much more scripted. Like we, we did a few drafts because we both, well, we co-wrote it. So uh, I wrote the first draft, sent it over to Andrew. He sent it back with edits, and then I went back to him. And I don't know how many times that happened, but, you know, it was a few anyway. Oh, wow. And some good things came out of that, um, for sure. And then, obviously, that just changed in the edit. But, uh, yeah, yeah, pretty happy with that one, too. So I, th- I think what I was wondering about is sort of like, and, and you, you have a bit more of a, did, did you find going to Woman in White and getting that produced that, and, and having two comedies before that, did you find anything difficult about making the switch into? No, it's, um, I, I it's funny cause I got into a conversation with this about, uh, with, with somebody else, um, not too long ago and I've never really, uh, I don't know. It's one of those things like, I don't think too hard about the genre that I'm writing in. I just kind of go for wherever my mind's at, whatever, where the, wherever the, um, uh, 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 <laughs> words yeah uh, yeah <laughs> yeah all right uh, wherever the inspiration takes me i guess okay, yeah. like, i just um it's it's rare for me to to set out to write a specific genre i just kind of uh, uh a story will come to me and then i'll start writing it and then it kind of just i don't know organically takes shape in, uh, in a genre um so uh yeah, like Woman and White, people, I think people are a little surprised that I made it right. uh, sometimes because, uh, you know, a lot of people think um, that I'm, I'm more into comedy, um, which is ironic to me because I watch so few comedies. Right. So few. Uh, Kim was trying to pick out a, a comedy from my DVD collection there the other day, and she had a really hard time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> There's like 300 <laughs> movies there, and I don't know, eight comedies? Like, it's... Right. Um, but you're also a comedian now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> that's, 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 you know, not helping my, my, um, uh, typecasting if that's, if that, if you can be a typecasted filmmaker, but, uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, people, people usually think of, 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 of uh, my stuff as fairly comedic and the opening of, of Woman in White, well, kind of, yeah, opening ish. There is a moment where there's a laugh and people, uh, because people are initially really uncomfortable, and then there's a moment that's kind of funny, and people just love it. Like they just laugh yeah, so yeah, loud because yeah. they're so uncomfortable. And they just want that that release, um, which is uh, which is neat to see when you because I if you are in the fortunate position of being able to take peeks at your audience and just look at their reactions or uh, their lack thereof sometimes right. <laughs> if you're very unfortunate, um, just to see uh, people just dying for that that. Uh, that released that bit of uh, a breather um yeah it's fun but um uh yeah woman in white i uh i don't know it's 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 one of those things that uh, i felt like doing something a little more serious not necessarily a comedy and that's just what ended up coming out actually it kind of well weirdly it was inspired by uh, i was like i want to make something that's black and white oh <laughs> <laughs> that was the drop of inspiration yeah. i was watching um oh much ado about nothing Okay. The, the new one. I think, was it Joss Whedon who did that? I think so. Yeah. yeah. I was watching that and I was really enjoying it. I was enjoying the style of it and I thought it would just be really cool to do something in black and white with splashes of color and I wanted to do it outside in the snow. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then just thinking about that and, you know, then I started thinking of the setting, which was a playground and things just kind of went from there and that's just, that's just where the story came from. 
Um, and the woman white is, you know, just a bit of lore that creeped me out when I was a kid. Um, I think the first time I heard about it was um, Sleepy Hollow. Sleepy Hollow. Oh, okay. Because uh, there was a Headless Horseman movie that my dad rented for for me when I was probably too young to see it. <laughs> and it just scared the shit out of me. I watched it. Uh, it was one of those things I watched like 8 o'clock on a Sunday morning because you were up and, you know, your parents yeah. are or whatever. and. And then they they eventually woke up and I was literally in a, in like a fetal position on the couch. Yeah, credits were rolling. And they were like, "Whoops!" <laughs> <laughs> oh well, we ruined it. That's a new kid. This is a garbage kid now. I got to get a new one. This one's no, evolved. No, no. One day this will be art. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I just I just worked that into it, and uh, and and now like yeah, I uh, like CanCon as I said, comedy caper, romantic comedy caper in in a, in a way. Uh, but then I was having trouble getting that produced or getting any funding for it. So then I deliberately set out and I was like, okay, I'm going to write a low budget horror. I'm going to do something that's that you can do for no money uh, with very little cast and just to show that I could do a feature. Right. So that's what I'm uh, also kind of writing now. It's very backburnered and I haven't looked at it in a while. Um, but it's it's one of those stories like sometimes you, you, you don't know if you want it to be a, a short feature or a long short right and that's kind of uh the crossroads that i'm at with the story now um i really like the story i just don't know how long i want it to be anymore so right yeah i think that's one thing that's one thing about horror is that uh it's it is it can be so effective uh when you when you don't have any money right when you deliberately yeah. do it on the cheap it's, it's one of those genres that just it lends itself well you can't that. put any fluff in it then yeah right? and and it needs to be Sort of, I, I find with horror, like like just keeping it nice and claustrophobic. Yep. Just like there's no way out of here. We're here yep. with them the whole time. Yep. I, I do wish now that I could just like make horror movies for little kids. <laughs> just like ruin some kids. <laughs> what an easy audience that would be. Should have been a filmmaker in the eighties. Yeah. <laughs> well, I find like making making comedies and stuff is is awesome because when you do screen your film, it's so easy to tell how it's doing. That's right. Because yeah. laughs are loud. Yeah. But with like. Like, how do you register the sound of somebody, like, grinding their teeth down and, like, just, like, their blood pressure going up and stuff? Like, I, I'd be yeah. sitting in a theater with a horror movie, with my horror movie playing and just be like, they hate it. They hate it. No one's making any noise. Yeah, well, if, there, if there's no, if there's no uh, jump scares or, yeah. or, or, like, horrific blood splatter or anything like that, like, gross yeah. out moments, you're right. Like, you won't hear. That's true. Somebody pukes, yeah. you know, you're doing well. Yeah. You, want it, you know, if that's what you're going for, somebody throws up. Yeah. Uh, but then it goes back to that moment, that awkward, like dealing with awkward in your in your film, right? When mm -hmm. the theater's just silent, right? Like you don't know if people are enjoying that, yeah. or if it's are yeah. they super into it, or yeah. are they just, just like asleep? It. Yeah, yeah. Comedy is 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 definitely better in, in that regard. So, do you have like have have you sort of had an overall? Do you just want to make just sort of whatever strikes you, or have you thought about like? your genre that you're going to move into no i really don't have a genre uh like if you look through my my collection outside of being weirdly light on on comedy um it's it's a little bit of everything and uh like i've i've written like when i look like the first script i ever wrote which is crazy to me now when i think about it i wrote it when i was 18 and it was a feature length sci-fi action <laughs> <laughs> and, and it's terrible. 
You've gone back and read it oh, recently? Oh, it's so bad. The story, I think, is still solid. I love the story. Good job, 18-year-old Yeah, Russ. yeah. I'm, I'm really he pleased got to work the on his dialogue. The though. dialogue <laughs> is pathetic. I always wonder, like... What I was thinking, like even like yeah. two years ago, like how did, why did I think people talked like that? <laughs> yeah. Oh man. It, and I remember trying to get dad to read it for me uh, and he just didn't. And I couldn't understand how he couldn't find the time to sit down and read 120 page I know, right? piece of shit. Yeah. There's just like, a, and it, it doesn't, it doesn't matter now. Like, like we're, we're on tweets. Yeah. Like it's like, just send it to me in a tweet. Like yeah, give me a yeah. tweet of what your movie is. I'll read that. Anything beyond that, like, like 160 characters. I probably sound like I'm 65 years old right now. But like, <laughs> we're on the tweets. <laughs> kids are on the tweets. Can't even go for the 141st character. Just think about, think back in my day, we had books. That's like 800 tweets. It's probably way more than that. <laughs> probably. But yeah, I, I've written so many different genres. Like, like you can say sci-fi action and like uh, romantic comedy and straight up comedy and comedic drama. Yeah. And horror and kind of horror yeah <laughs> yeah it's it's uh I, I i just like all types and uh i don't really i don't think i've found the one that i excel at necessarily right because i've only really done one of each mm -hmm. uh, really i mean the horrors like 48 hour horror challenges they're just challenges right like yeah. it's good yeah. to get them done i'm not saying that they're not films but obviously it's a totally i'm gonna take process. a harder stance i'm gonna say they're not films. <laughs> 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 they're just it's it's a different process. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, a couple of them, um, I was like, yeah, these these are probably festival worthy. But then it's like, yeah. why, why? Like it's so it's, it's just like with Woman of White, it's so unsatisfying because I've shown some people in the living room or whatever. Um, but like you just want to get it out there. Yeah, yeah. And you know you you finally get into a festival and okay, like 150 people will see it at that festival. I know, right? Like, Isn't that and, and it'll be among, you know, 60 other films that's yeah. that week you yeah. know so it's like and it's just i mean that's fine um but it's so much more satisfying like the 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 second horror challenge that i made with uh with andrew and them was uh we put it up on the internet right away yeah yeah and it was great because the timing worked out that it was right before halloween um so it was just getting shared all over the place and mm -hmm. we had like 500 views in like a day two days yeah, like yeah. it was crazy uh and that's that was satisfying yeah getting immediate feedback that's like four festivals worth of viewings <laughs> yeah it's yeah exactly and you know obviously the timing of it a horror a short horror especially on yeah. the internet right before halloween people were lapping that up uh whereas if it was after halloween people would be less inclined and then right. you know if you're waiting for festivals then you know ugh. yeah yeah <laughs> This is all of its appeal then, I think, in a lot of ways. I, I find I get scared because, like, my, my features that I'm working on right now, so I have, uh, a, like, a stoner action comedy, uh, which saying that out loud makes me sick. Um, I have... Are they on the tweets? A horror, they, are, they are. It's all tweets. It's just a series of stoned tweets. The weed tweets. Yeah, they all end in an explosion. Um, the, and then I have a horror... Which is uh, the, an extension of what we're working on now, mm -hmm. uh, and then I have like a family sci-fi movie, uh, which is like my favorite idea of all the things that I have. It's like it's, and this is this is actually sort of why I came up with the idea for this podcast. Is like a, a movie that you know will never be made, and I think this is the one I know I know it will never be made. But it's like a uh, it, it's like a mom and a daughter 
and they're one of the first people to get sent to colonize Mars. Mm. Um, so they like, it's, it's like their little adventure of like going up and starting that first colony. And she's right. like a brilliant scientist and right. the little kid is just like exploring. Yeah. And it, I, I just sort of wanted like this little Spielbergy sort of E.T. feel, but like it, it's <clears throat> like E.T. in reverse. Right. Like it's right. like the kid goes to, to Mars, meets yep. an alien there. Yep. And they're like, oh, there's aliens. And it turns out that the government knew all along and they're <laughs> trying to spur a war and for resources so it's like cultural commentary and i love it and i love it but i have no idea how to write like a family yeah. sci-fi movie yeah me neither family stuff that's that's i tell you that's one genre that i can't do no is like family friendly yeah like disney yeah. kind of stuff spielberg type stuff like i just i can't i, I don't know my mind just doesn't go there. Right. Like I just like, no, oh, you should say fuck here. Yeah. <laughs> Make that kid say bad words. <laughs> it's funnier when the kids say bad words. But I know, I know some people who that's, that's where they uh, gravitate, right? Like, uh, like Elsa Moreno, right? Like she's yes, all yeah. about making uh, like family friendly kid movies. Right. And she's good at it too. And it's just, I don't, that's just not where my mind goes. Right. Uh, yours is down in the in the dark places. In the dark places. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. Is, all of your ideas have the kids curled <laughs> up on the couch in a in a fetal position, well, just I mean, crying. There, there's a couple of kids uh, in the Woman in White, um, and uh, two of them are, are really young, like uh, like five and three. I think they were when we shot it, and uh, their parents were like, "Oh, I'm not showing them this until they're <laughs> easily 17." <Yeah. laughs> That's like the 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 Shining. Yeah, they never told the kid that he was in a horror movie. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So he's just acting normally, and they're <laughs> hiding the whole thing that the movie is about. Like he doesn't even see the two little girls, right? Like they don't even show him that. They're just like, yeah, ride your big right. wheel down here, turn around, ride back. That's all. Good, easy day for you. <laughs> I think they showed him the rotting old naked lady, though. Oh, did they? Yeah, I think they like locked him in the room with her for like a few. Oh, hours. yeah, that's that's that sounds. God, I didn't know that part. That's even funnier that they would hide the rest of the movie away from him and then just be like this one scene. Like, what movie did he think he was doing? Like, maybe you don't think about that kind of thing when you're that young. Yeah. Oh, oh, it's family in a hotel. Yeah, and then all of a sudden, naked rotting woman. <laughs> but uh, but I was saying I, I read this I read this book. Um, uh, because when I'm too scared to work on something, I read about how other people work on things. Yeah. Uh, because it involves me not working, which is basically the reason I read all these books. But I read, I, I read this thing, and they were saying like the number one most important thing is that you're always working in the same genre. And I was like, number one, Jesus. number one, and it blew my mind. I was looking at this. I loved the rest of the book, and I kept coming back to this one passage, and I was like, that can't be important yeah like i i understand i sort of understand why it is like when i'm pitching matchstick mm -hmm. uh to people and they're like oh so you're a horror filmmaker and mm. i'm like because nah. <laughs> i have i have six or seven comedy shorts that i can show you yeah yeah uh three of which were made for a horror challenge <laughs> yeah. um which which i think is even worse because then it sort of proves that i can't do horror right because it's like oh i had this challenge all i had to do in 48 hours is make a horror movie i was like no i'll make a comedy <laughs> and so like i'm trying to, to, to and so it's it's hard because i don't have any support material that would say that i can do it yeah um even though i believe in my heart of hearts that i can um but i and, and i kept coming back to this passage every time i was writing up a proposal or something for matchstick and people were like show me your reel yeah and i'm like no 
<laughs> maybe do you just what about the script though yes yeah. <laughs> to read that you want to read that again i can go through what i want it to look like and yeah i yeah one genre i don't know like why yeah why would you do that to yourself i'm not sure like, like i i can sort of see it in, in terms of like i want to pitch if, if i'm pitching something i want to be able to have a body of work to show that i'm i'm moving up into sure. this new into this new thing yeah yeah i get, I get that um but why why it would have to be genre specific um that that uh, it just sounds lame to me it sounds boring it does sound it does sound lame and boring i'm always very scared because like i i like a like filmmaking to me is, is very exciting and, and mm -hmm. writing uh writing and directing are very exciting <clears throat> paths for me to feel like i'm going down but i'm always scared that like i'm gonna turn one corner and it's gonna be like nope it is just as monotonous as boring as every other job you've tried. Like, yeah, yeah. it's gonna be, and I, I'm scared. Like, whenever I read these books, and and now it, the other thing about this is a lot of these books are written for filmmaking in the states. Right. So, uh, the first chapter of one of the books just was just moved to L.A. It was like these are all the reasons you need to move to L.A. I was like, it's not gonna happen. Yeah. I don't have a green card. It's expensive yeah. to fly there. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so I don't, I don't know, like, uh, with, with filmmaking in Canada, I'm sure there, there are a lot of differences, but I don't want to use that as too much of a crutch. No. Like, I don't have to do that. I'm in Canada. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, there is, there is that. Um, obviously it's, the, the rules are, are different here. Um, uh, it's, genre has a hard time here. That's for sure. Oh, anything that's not Horror. drama. Yeah, exactly. It's really has awful. a, has a pretty hard time here. Which is, uh, <clears throat> Silly, uh, especially when you look at um, you know some of the Canadian horror movies that have been made over the past few years. Mm -hmm. I mean, just the top of my head, like, like Hobo with a Shotgun, right? Like, yeah, stuff like that, like Grindhouse kind of stuff that's been made in Canada the past couple years. And then you know, Cinecoo—that's exactly what they were looking for. They were yeah. looking for genre, um, and they got a lot of horror entries. Um, you know, it's just the Canadian drama. Uh, it's everywhere. Yeah. And well, the, the thing I'm confused about with Canadian drama is like when when you talk about horror, um, horror seems like from a producer standpoint, amazing bang for your buck. Yeah. You have a built-in audience, a bunch of people who want to watch it. Yeah. It can be crazy cheap to make. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, it it sort of has that like you have a bunch of places you can put it right away. Drama is like, I don't I don't know people who are out seeking out drama to watch yeah. in general who aren't like running film festivals or, yeah, exactly. or, so, or something like that and yeah. uh it, it can be crazy expensive to make and and the cheaper dramas usually end up being like just way too heady and they're just like way out way out there and, and mm. people don't people can't can't quite latch on to it quite as well yeah yeah well, i mean they're, they're a harder sell and you know oftentimes the description like when, whenever i hear in small town baba ba, ba, i just yeah. I'm, <laughs> you're no, out already i'm totally done with it <laughs> well so what do you look for in a log line in a log oh. <laughs> <laughs> like if that's your if that's no small town blah 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 like big city big, schmo big city single lady working at a law firm <laughs> yeah uh no i don't know what i look for in a log line man um it's 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 hard like with, with me with like uh Hollywood flicks, for example, like it's it's not even so much the logline as who's attached. Okay. Right, like who's the writers, who's the directors, who, who what they've done previously, which obviously doesn't work so well with uh, independent uh, Canadian film, for mm -hmm. example, necessarily. But um, yeah, I I, uh, I I 
I don't like stories uh, that hinge upon where they um, where they occur. So like yeah, location. Yeah, type like, stuff. Yeah, like you know, like stuff that happens in uh, rural Newfoundland that is just so. Uh, it's so in your face that it has to be in rural Newfoundland because right. the, the place itself is its own character, and I get that, but. It doesn't have to be. It doesn't like like uh, um, for example, like Cancun uh, takes place in St. John's, mm-hmm. right? Um, and in a way, like yeah, it, it's kind of important that it does take place in St. John's, but it's 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 more so to just it's just uh, big city versus little city. Mm-hmm. Um, so that could really be anywhere. It's just obviously I'm writing in St. John's because this is where I am. Right. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but there's there's no there's no there's no real Newfoundlandia in the script. Uh, like nobody looks at the ocean once. No. Is, that, is there a point in that? Did you have a look at <laughs> looks at ocean scene <laughs> no. and you were like, no, no, not today. No, no. I I just I it's amazingly consistent in films that are made in Newfoundland. How often you'll find a character just just gazing off into the ocean. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, we all do that here, don't we? Don't you just wake up in the morning and it's like, what will I do today? And then you watch the ocean, so it will tell you. Um, yeah. Uh, what were we talking about? We were talking about. We were talking about how the ocean forms into the face of your loved ones that you miss secretly when you stare at it. Um, but it's the, the the sort of movies that you're you're attracted to, or like what what elements of them sort of bring you in? Yeah, I uh, I, I I don't know. It's I really like dialogue is hugely important to me. Yeah, like, just believable, quick dialogue, and I love uh, when a, a, a film's themes aren't smashing into your face. I, I love when when a movie ends and you know it's good, but you're not sure exactly why it was good. <laughs> like I like those moments. Like No Country for Old Men is my favorite example. Okay, of that, right? Like yeah. that movie ended, I was like, huh. <laughs> That was really interesting. Yeah. But then, then the discussion that you have afterwards, right, is so satisfying, right? Mm-hmm. And that's and that's that's what I love uh, about a lot of my favorite movies is is it's not like oh that was good, brush your hands of that and walk right. away. It's, yeah. it's it's being able to talk about it afterwards, or uh, you know, like you watch some comedies um, that are really funny. Uh, but you know, there's nothing quotable about it, right? Right, which is kind of like talking about the comedy, like some of the comedies, like you know, you look at something like Wedding Crashers, like you're not going to have like a big, which is one of my favorite comedies of all right. time, but you're not going to have a big discussion about it afterwards. But like, why do they crash the weddings? <laughs> but it's it's forever forever quotable, right? And um, uh, yeah, it's just the, the the a movie that affects you afterwards whether it's for weeks or months or years afterwards or just immediately, as long as you can have a discussion about it as opposed to, um, you know, uh, I don't know. I'm not going to start ragging on the Avengers, but I'm, I'm close to it. <laughs> 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 um, and, uh, yeah, uh, I'm pretty open to uh, to most most films. Like, the only thing that I'll kind of, like, uh, is musicals. Like, I just... Musicals. I can't. Yeah. I can't get excited about so you weren't you weren't there opening night for Les Mis I, I haven't seen Les Mis I yeah, mean I the, the the only two musicals that I can say that I've watched multiple times I actually own one of them is um, Moulin Rouge is probably my favorite okay uh, musical film um, and then Chicago Chicago yeah yeah. which I don't even love no I just, I just thought it was pretty good yeah it is and, pretty good and I don't and I, I've watched so few what like, about like Disney musicals Aladdin that's a musical, right? 
Yeah. <laughs> it is. Because <laughs> they, they really... They really We're not just to... naming them. We're just... The, uh, did, did you, do you like any of them? Oh. Did, you, did you like Aladdin? No, I... I, like, I know there are Disney musicals. I'm not asking you if they exist. <laughs> just... uh, yeah, I mean... I, I not I won't go out of my way to watch them. Right. That's that's for sure. Like I haven't watched Aladdin in years. I remember loving it years and years ago, mm-hmm. and it was probably my favorite Disney movie as a kid. Uh, but like I fucking hate Frozen. Oh yeah. That movie's a piece of shit. Oh like, wow. I do not care. I've, ne- I've never heard says. anybody even like on the other side of that with a passionate opinion about <laughs> Frozen, like who wasn't nine. <laughs> I really don't like that movie. I thought it, uh, I found it very. Un- Unsatisfying. Unsatisfying. <laughs> well, I mean, I like kids' movies. Right? I know. Like, you, can look just... at, you can look at a Pixar, any Pixar movie, most Pixar. What movies. was your most satisfying Pixar movie? Satisfying. If you're going to use the word sat- unsatisfying for Frozen, <laughs> that was that was a poor choice of words, and I regret <laughs> using it now. Um, I would say uh, Pixar, maybe Toy Story three. Toy Story three more than Toy Story one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it might be an age thing too, right? Like I've watched Toy Story one in a long time, but uh, yeah, Toy Story three, it's uh, they go dark places in that movie. They do, right? yes, like it's, yeah. It's uh, very heavy for for a kids movie, but um, it it all leads to a catharsis, a, a great catharsis. Uh, all these, yeah, I just thought it was a, a fantastic, fantastic movie, and like Up was really good, um, but I I don't it 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 takes like too much of a uh, <laughs> Too much of a, a cartoony. Uh, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> well, it starts so heavy, right? It starts yeah, so yeah. dramatic. And the, like, the heaviest moment in most movies I've ever seen. Yeah, that was I was I was broken. The first like ten before minutes. the before yeah. the main story even starts, I was like, yeah. I can't start here. Yeah, but you know, then it gets into like the talking dogs and like yeah. the, the big bird and all that stuff, and uh, it gets pretty pretty wacky um, after you know. You, puts you through 10 minutes of hell right um i just yeah it wasn't it i i, I think i think they could have ended on like a, a a a better note closer to the beginning right um that's all but you're not quite looking for like just postponing that hell no all the way through the movie <laughs> no. just no. heartbreaking you know that cartoon heartbreak. though they should have made it less cartoony that's, yeah that's my biggest complaint yeah i really wanted to see that old man just suffering for an hour and a half <laughs> just have that little the little pudgy keep the keep the pudgy kid yeah. Just to show how far this old man has left joy, <laughs> like just and really just have them interacting. Although it does get pretty sweet there towards the end, though. Yeah, that's right. I'm yeah. remembering it now. It's been a while since I watched that movie. Yeah, and I watched um, Inside Out very recently. I haven't seen that yet. That's good. Yeah, yeah. Again, like Pixar going straight for the feels. Oh yeah, right? that one is literally, literally about feelings. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so yeah, uh, it's good though. It's cute. Um, but still, I didn't think it, I have. Uh, it wasn't up to like Toy Story three or up caliber hmm. in my mind. Uh, still though, uh, most things Pixar, I'll just say, yep, I'm watching that. Okay, so that is that is an in. Yeah. Okay. What is the have? Uh, are you are you like hyped about anything that's like coming out soon? The Revenant. The, the Revenant. Revenant. Yes. Okay. The Revenant. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I I've been so excited about so many movies this year. I thought there was going to be. Uh, the biggest year, I mean, kind of in a lot of ways has been uh, in a long time. Just when you think about what was coming out, like the Avengers sequel and Star Wars, right? And, and another James Bond movie, and uh, and then another Tarantino movie. Mm-hmm. And, uh, what else was there? There's so so many movies coming out, and I've just been so consistently 
disappointed by every <laughs> single one of these movies. I, I got really frustrated. And, uh, and I saw The Hateful Eight there the other day, and that was great. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't like Django good. As There's like a butt coming. Is there a bud coming? <laughs> it wasn't. It wasn't Django good. That's, that's all. Okay. Yeah, it's it was it was really good. It was really long. Like bring a snack. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they have those at the movie theaters now, you know. <laughs> but I didn't want to leave. Like this is no, a, this I, is a testament to it. Like I, I there's an intermission, down. isn't there? There has been. Some theaters have been doing intermissions because it's it's uh, it's told in chapters, kind of the way Pulp Fiction is. Yeah. Um, so there are logical breaks where they could do that, uh, but they didn't do it here. And oh. I really wish they did, and it would it would probably serve them really well because people would go out and get something to eat yeah because it's totally so good yeah and it's it is the type of movie like you you it you don't want to leave even for five minutes because anything could yes happen yeah for five sure minutes. um so yeah I, I did really enjoy it and it's a great uh, you know winter christmas time kind of movie because i just <laughs> shut up it is just because it's a it's a winter storm and a, you know a cabin like setting and just you know in the west and, and they all discover the true meaning of christmas at the end yeah yeah <laughs> bells ring and angels get their wings and all that nonsense um but the revenant is has been my number one i think for the year and then they were like no we're gonna release it in january yeah, yeah. so is have you have you like have you read stuff about it or is it just based on the trailers um well this is the thing uh i stopped watching trailers about halfway through this year oh, okay um once i knew that i wanted to see a movie i just wouldn't look at anything i wouldn't read anything about it um because i was finding that um well, the trailers were just—they were ruining movies. Not necessarily just for plot points, but um, just uh, well, expectations. How? Because when you see when you see a series of images in a trailer, you start piecing the plot together in your own mind, right? right? Yeah, and yeah. then the movie will be like, no, nope, it's like this. And I watched the Hateful Eight trailer the, the, after I saw it that day, mm -hmm. and it makes it look like an action movie. Right. It would have set me up to, to see a wang, a wang bang. Wang bang. <laughs> wang, yeah. Your classic wang bang. <laughs> <Your> classic. <laughs> Different kind of movie, probably. Hateful <laughs> eight inches. Um, oh, boy. You should write that down. We'll, wait, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll mark when this was recorded so you can claim the rights to that. <laughs> um, uh, but it makes it look like an action movie. And it's, it's a long, dialogue-heavy slow drama right? right and yeah sure there's action in it there's a bit of there's a bit of gunplay and stuff but the trailers just make it look completely different mm -hmm. anyway i i stopped i stopped watching trailers um and like specter which isn't a great bond movie right i thoroughly enjoyed okay because i hadn't seen anything beyond like the one minute teaser right like i didn't see us there's not a lick of action in that whole thing right okay it's just very moody and they're just showing like a couple of uh, set pieces that aren't even really all that important in the, in the movie um, so yeah, I had no idea what was coming. Okay. And I just found it really satisfying. And a lot of people really didn't like that movie and I get it cause it's not very good. <laughs> <laughs> but I, uh, I went in there knowing that it's not very good just from reviews and stuff. Uh, so I went in with like fairly low expectations, but also, uh, like a clean blank slate. Yeah. And, uh, had a blast. Like, it was okay. Just, it was just like a really fun movie. Um, and, uh, Revenant, I just, I'm so stoked just because of the people involved, mm -hmm. right? Like, so where did you, where, how do you, if you haven't seen anything, where, how do you know it exists? <laughs> <laughs> my question. And again, I guess I should clarify, I did see a teaser for The Revenant, like, mm -hmm. again, like, they released, like, four trailers for movies. Oh, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's, uh, I'll, as soon as I saw the teaser, just to get a feel for what the movie was going to be like, I was like, oh, yeah, definitely, yeah. definitely. Um, 
but I also am a big fan of like I'll I'll I, I read um, uh, you know online film magazines all the time about what's coming out, mm-hmm. and especially like the you know the lists you'll see all the time come out around January February like top fifty movies that we're most excited about this year, um, and uh, and that's when I'll just start hyping myself up sometimes too much right um, but you know when you look at the Revenant with uh, I have a, always have a hard time pronouncing his name like Inaritu. Uh, yeah, Alejandro Inaritu, um at the helm, and then you have like DiCaprio and Tom Hardy. Mm-hmm. I think the the the, the DP is uh, Lubezki, I think, and it just oh, it just <laughs> what a combination! And like Birdman was was so good, yeah, um, it was amazing, um, and so that yeah, that that that's enough to get me stoked, you know? Yeah, yeah, and uh, I don't even really know what it's about. No, yeah, right? I, like, I just I don't know. I know the setting. I know roughly the idea but i don't really know what it's, what it's totally about so mm-hmm. i'm really looking forward to that one and uh but the way this year went i probably won't like it <laughs> <laughs> low expectations that's yeah the, that's the key well i guess that is you just set set your bar real low and then everything... in the end you know what it's a movie it might just be a movie yeah like star wars I know we're gonna fight about this. I don't even know if we can talk about it. Like, this will probably come out two years from now. It won't be a spoiler anymore. That's fine. We don't have to talk about Star Wars. No, we're gonna. You know what? We're gonna. Why didn't you like it? Mm. In fairness, I haven't liked any Star Wars movies. Oh, that's uh, fine. That's yeah. the answer to that question. Yeah. Then, yeah. yeah. But I was going into it um, expecting Abrams to do kind of what he did with Star Trek. Right. Because I've never liked a Star Trek movie either. Mm-hmm. Right? I never liked any of the shows. And then I went into the first Star Trek reboot and it just blew my mind. It yeah. rocked my socks. You were like, perfect. Just yeah. enough lens flare. Yeah. Exactly yeah. enough. Yeah. <laughs> so I can see nothing. <laughs> the lens flare was way worse in the second one. The oh my God. The, the, it was crazy it in the second like one. It felt like a joke. It did, in yeah. the second one. Um, but I, either way, I, I found... I found them both a lot of fun, and I liked how they made them real characters. They made them believable and grounded, and just put them in just insane situations. And you know, it's sci-fi, and I'm not huge into sci-fi, but um, Abrams really knows how to handle a big cast and 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 make them uh, either either make you love the shit out of them or hate them intensely. It's right. really good. Um, you know, Lost being you know a, a prime example of that as well. Uh, so I was kind of expecting. Uh, his approach to Star Wars to be similar. I was expecting him to. Uh, I was. I was expecting like a hard reboot, and I was expecting the characters to be a little more grounded. Da 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 da. And I was talking with uh, actually Andrew Winter about this recently, and I think he was the one who said um, uh, that this wasn't a reboot. This was a continuation, mm-hmm. which is a totally fair thing to say. Um, so I think I was going into it with the wrong expectations because it, it did. I, when I was watching it, I was like, "Man, Star Wars fans are gonna love this." Yeah, right. And uh, I, I just I wasn't into it. I found I found a lot of the acting to be um, forced and kind of overdone, um, except for the, uh, the girl who plays Ray. She was really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's kind of just unanimous. But like when I look at uh, like Harrison Ford and Carrie Fisher, for example, like they were just walking into the room, just like, "Hey, we're those characters that you know and love. Yeah, yeah. Care about us now." <laughs> and I think that that was uh, another problem that I had with the movie as a whole was that it was resting on its own lore too heavily. Right. Like if you were going into that, I don't know how you would go into that, not knowing anything about the movie, mm-hmm. you would have zero appreciation for what's going on. Right. Um, 
and you know maybe I'm out to lunch with that. Uh, I just as somebody who's only seen the other six, maybe twice, some of them definitely only once. Right. Um, like I'm I'm only familiar with the story to a certain degree, and like I could tell that there were inside jokes because people would be chuckling or pointing things out every now right. and then. I was like, I don't get it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And you shouldn't need that those things to right. to enjoy a movie. It's great to have them for sure, like mm. flavor for the fans and stuff. But um, I, I I just felt and it was the same goddamn story that they right. did, you know from the, the original, the very first A New Hope, and then they, they even did that again at some point throughout. Like it was just remember the Death Star. Now it's a bigger Death Star. Yeah. Remember that? Oh, <laughs> now this is bigger. And they even put them side by side, and I was like, oh. Yeah, <laughs> they're side by side. Yeah, and then they did the trench thing, and I was like, "This is the same. This is the same thing." <laughs> um, and I found that really annoying. It, it's it, it just wasn't uh, fresh enough, and yeah, I, I don't, I don't, I just don't understand the appeal. And now I, I keep getting into arguments that I don't, I don't even incite. <laughs> yeah, come up to me and I'm like, "Here, you didn't like Star Wars." I'm like, yeah. "Oh no!" Yeah, no, that's like you're. You have to be careful what alleys you walk down now. <laughs> yeah. There will be nerds with plastic lightsabers coming after you, coming to assault you. So I guess my follow up question is, what happened to your joy, Ross? Where did your joy go? Good I'm gonna beat you up now. Yeah, <laughs> I had a, I had a, I had a rough year. I had yeah. a rough year watching movies. <laughs> Tough year for old Rossi. Completely unsatisfied. <laughs> I feel like like it's hard, and I think I give like big films maybe i don't know maybe more credit than they deserve because i'm always like that's hard yeah like and like i watch things that that come out and i'm like whenever something goes wrong like things that i didn't like about star wars i don't go that's shitty writing mm-hmm. or that's jj abrams fault i'm like some producer <laughs> sitting somewhere in his big chair surrounded by money is like no i need one more money stack and this is yeah. how i'm gonna do it yeah like yeah. I, I, I tend to I tend to blame the the big machine a lot. That's very and, kind of you. Is it? Yeah. Well, <laughs> well yeah. I uh, yeah. I get very specific. Yeah. Like, and but you also know I'm like the worst movie critic of all time <laughs> because I sit down and someone's like this is true and I'm like yes like immediately no questions I'm just there like a hundred percent and I sit down but and this is another like sort of sixty five year old thing for me to say but like when did movies become so quiet? I feel like like a big part of my enjoyment of movies is I sit down and I'm totally immersed. And yeah. I, the last like three movies I've gone to, they've had the music and everything just way down. Really? And I don't get I don't get into it. Huh? And I couldn't figure out if it was like the theater that I'm going to or what. Like yeah. But but I remember like at, at one point you'd be sitting there and in the beginning of the movie you'd be like I can't listen to it like this the whole time. <laughs> and then five minutes in you're like this is perfect. It's fine. <laughs> Somebody's like trying to whisper plot points to you and you're like I can't hear you. That's I can't. I, I have to be right here. Yeah, I uh, I don't know. I, I haven't really noticed that. I, I find that the, the the sound can be inconsistent here in the St. John's theaters. Yeah. Like they're just I don't know what's what's going Probably on. Probably just broken and old. I've heard like people who have worked there. They've they've told me things like um, I can't even remember the, the specifics of it now. But uh, like it's not the theater's fault. It, it's how the, the the films get shipped. They get shipped for a specific type of system, right? Which we just don't have, right? And can't handle it, so we're missing stuff. Yeah, and just things like that, which you know sucks, obviously. Because it's all super like there's freaking computers. Because <laughs> like the, at, back in uh, there, there would have been a time where. People would just be getting their their film reels, and they were like the, the people who worked in the projection booth had like a huge 
part to play yeah. in like how the movie actually worked. Yeah. Right. And it's like these wizards that have to be like switching, switching out film at some like 65 year old guy that was like born on the cutting room floor or something like that and like grew up <laughs> people go in they just don't understand he's just like lost and all the like that's how i pictured it. it was just gears i don't even know what they do just like gears spinning film yeah yeah um yeah and jurassic world was another one just think about other big movies this year you really like jurassic world i i i did yeah um because i didn't consider like i watched it with, and I threw the other Jurassic Park movies in the garbage. Like yeah. I was like, or I specifically I threw the first one in the garbage, mm. um, because they they didn't count the other two, right? For that movie, there was no. Oh really? Yeah. So okay. Jurassic Park two and three don't exist in that world. Didn't know that. Um, and but the first one, the first one does, and I was like, no, I'm not going to compare this new movie yeah. that comes out now that's going to have 100% CGI dinosaurs. Yeah running around like because they're, they're just not the same thing the new jurassic park movie is an action movie mm-hmm. and the old jurassic park movie is like a like a suspense like thriller yeah just like a great oh that the scene when in the stupid kitchen the oh yeah. it's the most stressful oh, it's great oh it's so it makes me sweat like <laughs> i sweat when i watch that and like i can see the mistakes in that movie and i still sweat yeah like when the raptor starts to fall over and the guy just fixes it and they were like that's fine leave it in who cares like a hand just touches the raptor's butt and they just left it in the movie i love that it doesn't affect that at all for me because of the same thing i have blinders on when i'm in when i'm in movies but yeah uh, I thought like the the new one like I don't call it Jurassic World mm. I just call it Dinosaur Zoo is a bad idea forever that's <laughs> what more apt yeah that's what that movie is just Dinosaur Zoo um, yeah I found it like I, now thinking back on it I just I can't remember much about it I just found it very forgettable yeah uh, even compared to the second Jurassic Park like, I really enjoyed the second Jurassic Park. yeah yeah um, but yeah that. Yeah, Jurassic World. And, you know, just, that just goes back. It's just another one of those examples of how big this year was. Yeah, like, yeah. The studios were just churning out these gigantic movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, how many tent poles can you have, right? Like, right. It was, just, it was wild. I would love to know the numbers for the for the year as a whole. Uh, yeah. All right. So let's, let's, we've, I've tried this before. We're going to try it again. Let's try to move into what, this podcast is supposed to be about right. who knows maybe it'll never be about this <laughs> so uh, i i told you in advance i think yes. what what we're thinking about mm-hmm. um so like what is what is your like big dream movie that could never be made uh yeah well i guess one big dream movie that i've, I've always wanted to make and i've had so many different versions of it in my mind um was a uh, adaptation of uh, Milton's Paradise Lost. Oh, okay. Um, and they almost made it a couple years ago. I think Alex Proyas was tapped to at least direct, possibly even write, and Bradley Cooper was going to play Satan. Okay, that's apt. Yeah, I think it, I think it would have been great. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, I got turned on to this story um, in university, like the first year university, I think. And it's just it's just about the the fall of, of Satan, mm-hmm. um, and it's and he he's the, uh, the the protagonist of the story essentially, um, and it's 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 I just I find that concept really interesting, and I started writing uh, a huge sci-fi action epic when I was like twenty, 
Right. When I when I read the the first two uh, books of of the poem, because it's yeah. It's so your your sci-fi epic was about Paradise Lost. Yeah. Ah. Yeah. The fall of space Satan. <laughs> yeah, essentially, um, and yeah, I guess I've had so many different uh, uh, versions of that because I've had the the sci-fi action version, and then I had um, like a really small uh, noir version of it as well. And, um, and then there was a, uh, kind of like, um, uh, like when I say noir, I mean like Sin City kind of hyper stylized yeah. noir of it, um, kind of set in like a, uh, like a fifties university or fifties high school. Okay. So kind of like Greece meets, uh, Sin City. Okay. With all of these, all of this out allegory underneath it. Right. Okay. So you're, but you're looking for allegory like yes. satan doesn't land in high school no, no and he's no. like uh-oh <laughs> <laughs> gotta no, fit no. in with all these kids i'm gonna get bullied because i've got daddy issues <laughs> no no it'd be it'd be very much uh allegorical okay um and because the because this is the thing like when you want to say like it can never be made like that poem can never be adapted like there are points where the angels are fighting on earth and they're throwing mountains yes. at each other right like it's just it's out to lunch and uh and some of it is just, it's so abstract and bizarre. And it's a poem, right? It's yeah, like, yeah. It's, it's, so it's, it's a difficult one. But that's that's one that I've been playing with uh, for years, just bouncing around in my brain. And uh, and so when I found out that Proyas was making it there a couple of years ago, I got real mad. Right, <laughs> so yeah. Like, that was mine! Yeah. Um, Wait, is his in space? Uh, I don't know where his <laughs> was, was taking place. It sounds so uh, r- ridiculous to, uh, to to say it out loud, but yeah, it was uh, it was very much um, uh, it'd be like you know interplanetary anyway, um, and it had to do with um, uh, the way time uh, moves differently, kind of the way uh, it moved differently in Interstellar. Mm-hmm. It would have a lot to do with that as well. And, uh, it's just obviously a, a very difficult thing to write especially when you know nothing on the subject outside of the the book right yeah yeah it has nothing to do with how you're trying to adapt it yeah um that's that's always been uh yeah a big a big dream uh project of mine Mm -hmm. and uh yeah because those sort of those sort of themes exist in a lot of like art in general like that that piece in particular is Mm -hmm. super influential because that and, and I could be, I could have the wrong religious epic poem in my mind right now, but that's the one with, um, where it sort of really brings into question about like, do people have free will Yeah. or are we just like fulfilling? Yeah. Well, it's, it's, um, it has to do with free will and, uh, cause that, that's, that's what ended up happening, right? Like, uh, the, the, the poem opens up with, with Satan and, uh, all of his buddies, uh, they've been <laughs> cast down in hell and, and um, because they, they rose up against God because they had questions. They just questioned his authority. Right. You know, they just got cast out. So then um, uh, Satan is trying to, well, he wants to get back into heaven, but, he, but then he, he hears about um, Earth and Adam and Eve and all that stuff. Uh, so he wants to corrupt that new project mm-hmm. of his. And uh, and yeah, so it's, it's essentially uh, about that, how, how Satan eventually um, corrupts man. In kind of like in spite, <laughs> right of of all of it, and uh, um, and I'm not a fucking religious person in the least, right? Bit. I just find the idea of an antihero, um, and like the ultimate antihero, essentially, yeah, the ultimate villain, uh, being perceived in that in that way, 
and just tweaking, uh, taking all the things like the Bible and the ideas of God and all that stuff, and just it's it's almost like a satire. Yeah, just, yeah. Just just putting a tweak on it. I, I don't think Milton was super religious. If I can get through the, I don't think he had a very high opinion of. No, probably not. <laughs> well, you well because I don't even think like like Satan is a villain in that at all. Like he's the yeah. he is like the he's the protagonist of that he story, is. isn't he? He is, but. It's interesting because one of the things I remember when I was doing that, when we were studying it, was the language that gets used to describe Satan as the poem progresses becomes more and more sinister. Oh, okay. Um, uh, you know, uh, uh, yeah, it's, it, I, can't, I can't think of uh, specific examples. I should have actually kind of perused the stuff uh, before before doing this. I, I was unsure if I was even going to bring this one up because it's, it's something I haven't looked at in so long. Right. But, but uh, yeah, it's 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 not like <clears throat> I don't think Satan is 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 shown to be right necessarily, mm-hmm. uh, and and uh, it's not about that. It's it's more so about just as you say, like questioning of authority, right? Uh, but he goes about it in just very nefarious ways, obviously, and and then you know it's just supposed to make you think, and yeah, you're just gonna yeah. have a few questions. I mean, except for that last line, it's supposed to make you think. I feel like. Maybe this has already been done in Greece. Like I, I think I think Greece is pretty close. Right. Like I, I'm I'm still I'm still back on Paradise Lost High. Right. I, which I which I think is <laughs> sort oh, of what Greece. I want to see now. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. I think that'd be a lot of fun. Like it'd be it'd be wacky uh, and just ultra violent, like Sin City. Right. Like that's that's how I how I saw it. Um, I think I think that would be a lot of fun. Like the you know the big sci-fi epic would be just like very melodramatic and serious but yeah. I, think, I think the uh, the noir in a high school I, I, that kind of came to mind when I saw the movie Brick with uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt oh okay uh, which is fantastic uh, it's it's not wacky by any means but uh, <laughs> I like I like uh, how they handle high school uh, and high school kids and just make them talk like they're hard boiled noir characters right. in the 40s it's, it's a really really cool flick um so yeah, I just thought about taking doing that and like put it on speed, <laughs> and just throwing in like, a lot of religious allegory and uh, yeah, making it violent. I think it'd be fun. Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a that's a heady that's a heady film. So why don't why don't you think you could make it, or or just because it's already semi in production? No, no, like the thing with Proyas got canned. They're not making it at all anymore. And uh, you know, I don't think I, I don't think it's something that that couldn't be made. Um, in a, in a lot of ways, it's just, it's, it's, yeah, it's, I guess, in, and then again, in my head, like how, which way to go about it, it's just, um, uh, it's, it's, if you go, if you go to the sci-fi epic, it's so huge, and I don't know, maybe that's unfair, because you can think about the size of some of the movies that get made these days, yeah, but, yeah. but I think it'd be a hard sell, uh, something so heavily influenced by, uh, say like religious allegory i can't see suits putting hundreds of millions of dollars into a movie based on that right like it, it would stay i think it would be one of those things that if it was to get made it'd be one of those things where uh you'd find out that that's what it was based on after the fact like they wouldn't be using that as a selling point right based on paradise like it based on like- <laughs> hit of top selling novel paradise lost um Kept in circulation exclusively by first-year English classes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
it, yeah, it, w- it would be a, it'd be a tough sell, right? And I think it would turn a lot of people off too. Um, Cause yeah, it's, it's like, well, like uh, religious people, I don't think would want to see it because of the subject matter. Cause that's right. Like, yeah, right. Obviously. And, uh, and people who aren't religious would be like, oh, that's religious. And they just wouldn't want to see it for that reason. Yeah. Right? yeah. And, uh, uh, yeah, I think I think it'd be a hard sell. So I think it'd be more successful if uh, you know it was it at the tricked end. Tricked them. If at the end of the credits you see like inspired by you know, and people yeah. go, oh yeah, oh, and then become becomes one of those movies where you can have that discussion after the fact, even if you're right. even if you don't know anything about the the poem, or everyone knows the the gist about Satan, right? right? So you can yeah, I get I get the general idea: horns and brimstone, <laughs> yeah. and um, yeah. I, yeah. So would you would you want to put that at the end, like be like based on Milton's Paradise Lost, oh. or, or would you want some like nerd to write a blog about it? <laughs> be like I think that's a that's a good question. I mean, I my immediate reaction would be to say like yes, yeah, you just uh, put it there. Yeah, be like no, it's not a theory. I thought of this and I tricked all of you yeah. into watching it. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it, it'd be it'd be a tough call. I mean, it's hard to say too like, yeah. what, you, what you what you end up making. Um. So that's that's something I've been I've been toying with, and I'm, like even now talking about, it, I'm just like oh, I shouldn't be talking about this out loud. People are like, oh, that's a really good idea. Yeah, I'm yeah. Make it. Bye. Yeah, all four people who listen to this are going to be like, <laughs> here we go. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's an idea that I've had for a long time, and as I said, like I've, I've been uh, thinking about it in various different ways, and now I'm even looking at it as a as a web series. Ah. Um, yeah. You, you keep you we keep making like, it smaller and smaller. And smaller. I know, yeah. and and you know you haven't alluded to this at all but i am still picturing it taking place in a high school (laughs) no this one wouldn't be like ah mr michael's really riding me for that homework (laughs) just like michael the archangel is like a bio teacher a bio class in that school would be pretty funny it would be interesting (laughs) it's just a page and then on one page there's nothing and then on the next page there's everything (laughs) no evolution it's just like zero there we go there it is yeah. Everything's there. Poof. Uh, but it'd be, uh, it's, it's, it's just amazing with the amount of stuff that gets adapted and whatnot these days. It's amazing to me that somebody hasn't done something with it or at least close to it. Right. Or, you know, um, there's so few original ideas being made these days. Just pitch it to uh, J.K. Rowling. Yeah. Yeah. Do I'd want to make it really violent. Yeah, <laughs> she might be into that. After Harry Potter, I'm sure she's written a bunch of stuff where all those characters die gruesomely. Like she must have by now. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It's uh, it's uh, I don't know. Like we, we were talking about how uh, what were we talking about? How we were saying earlier. I don't think we were recording at this point. Um, like action adventure movies, you don't. See yes, them. yeah. They're, they're no that's good that's what anymore. I'm looking for now nowadays. Um, and even if you do see an action adventure, it's a comic book or it's yeah, like it has some sort of source material. You can't walk in. It's so hard to walk into a movie these days and not have any idea or material that you can look at. Yeah, right. Um, and that's that's getting kind of sad. Yeah, <laughs> really. and I mean, I think that's one of the reasons I'm excited about the Revenant. Yeah, it's because it is original and it's close. Yeah, it's it doesn't look close to light enough. Like I'm looking for another Indiana Jones. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah, um, and I don't mean like a fifth Indiana Jones. No, I no. mean like because we like we were there. Yeah, for the fourth one, we were all there. It was not 
not anything. Um, but like, I, I mean like another thing around that, just like something original and fun. And like, I think one of the reasons I was in, uh, I, I was so into star Wars was cause I was like sitting there and I was like, I feel like I'm a part of something to come. And I yeah. didn't feel like that by the end of it. I was like, that was a great movie, but I didn't like, I, I want to be sitting there for that time when you don't even realize what you're looking at. Mm. Like, like the, the people who must've sat in that theater when a new hope came out and have that big, like it's a, it's a ballsy intro for a movie that has never yeah. been anything before. It's that's just like, right. here's yeah. some text. <laughs> like, here you go. Like, that's a ballsy intro. Yeah. Like that's something now that we see in it and it, and it's like, Oh cool. Like it's yeah. just like what they did in all those other movies. But like, there was a first one of those where everyone was like, oh, I don't know about yeah, this. I have to read. <laughs> um, but like to sit there and then have all those people watch that and not even know what they're being a part of right now. Yeah, like, yeah. Uh, and, and I'm sure that that movie blew a lot of people's minds when it first came out. Oh, uh, man, absolutely. And, you know, that is, when I when I write on Star Wars, <laughs> which I do. Yeah. Um, I, I, I'm always sure to not discount like, its effect. On film, right? yeah, especially the, the the original trilogy. Like, obviously, it was extremely important because uh, it just you know, no cliche game changer, right? But yeah. it, it really was. Um, it's it's and and a lot of for a lot of people, it is it is just straight up nostalgia. Yeah, you know? yeah. Uh, and nostalgia is a is a very powerful thing. Uh, and it's just for me, I guess I'm just I'm a, like I didn't I watched the I watched the new I think I watched the original trilogy when I was 15. Or sixteen, um, it was around the same time of like ninety nine. I feel like when like, the Matrix came out. Yes, and, yeah, like, yeah. Fight Club and American Beauty. Like ninety nine, in my eyes, has been like the best year for film. Uh, Jesus, I don't know. I can't remember a, a better time really. Right. Uh, it was just so consistently, amazingly good. It was like, well, the world's about to end. Let's get all the good movies out. Yeah, there. yeah. <laughs> Uh, put it out everything in the vault just put it out put it yeah. out Y2K's here and we'll you know I watched, all our I watched film stock. Star Wars I was at a, 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 a skeptical age right and I was like yeah it's fine yeah <laughs> you know? just, it's no matrix well it wasn't right and it was also been, it's also one of those movies like once it's been built up so much for you like people who tell you you know they're 30 years old and they're like I've never seen a Star Wars movie I just right. feel like no, don't yeah, <laughs> I mean, maybe not. Like, I, I always meet people and I'm like, we should watch it together because you'll yeah. love it. But most likely they won't. Most likely I not. went back to watch the first uh, Lord of the Rings movie right. because I hadn't really watched all of them. That's that's a boring movie. First, The first one's not great. Uh, they, do, it, they do a lot of walking. They do. And yeah. they show all of it. Yeah. You yeah. go on that full footpath with yeah. them through the whole thing and I was like the, the memories that I had of all the Lord of the Rings movies was I was like I remember this cool part and I remember this fun scene with these people doing that like I remember like in the house like mm -hmm. in the but it's like a long time before they get even there yeah. and I was like watching it again I was like wow I need to fast forward like a bunch of this and I was like this is a movie that when people are like do you like Lord of the Rings movies I'm like oh yeah I love them yeah. I love them and then I go back I watch the first one I'm like wait do I? Yeah. Or do I just yeah, yeah, I've been meaning to rewatch those too. Because um, again, I think a lot of it is nostalgia for me because I'm the same way. Like people mention Lord of the Rings, I'm like, oh, I love those movies. Yeah. Um, but it was like it was a it has a lot to do with it. It was, it was almost 15 years ago. Now, yeah, yeah. And like uh, me and my buddies, like we would we would <laughs> like we would get drunk and go to see them in the theater. <laughs> right? Like it was just it was like a thing because it was the end of exams because it was like first year university. Right. And uh, have a bunch of beers, go to the theater, and I fell asleep during the two towers in the theaters, and like that kind of stuff. And it was just yeah, it was yeah. fun, and we've watched them like a bunch of times since. Well, uh, you know, years ago, 
and I haven't watched them since, and I'm wondering about it now too. Yeah, right. I haven't. I haven't actually rewatched uh, the like. I think we had we had a big dumb marathon of the uh, of the extended editions. It took like like a full day, like yeah. thirteen hours or yeah. something like yeah. that of we movies. Tried to do that too. I didn't enjoy the move like i didn't watch very much of the movies there was mm-hmm. a lot of other stuff happening at the, at the at the time but um i do remember when each one was over i was like oh thank god we can go eat something or like <laughs> like it was like yeah. every time uh which is not i don't think i don't think that is what peter jackson would have wanted us to be <laughs> saying at the end of those movies um, well yeah i mean those extended editions are it's a crazy amount of film yeah to, to sit through and like yeah when you mentioned it like was it it was the second one it was two towers that had the tree folk right and yes holy shit slow on purpose oh yeah. my god <laughs> every time they cut back to that setting i was no no <laughs> stop <laughs> but then they have the big the boulder fight that's fun yeah the boulder fight's cool and it eventually happens two and a half hours in yeah yeah those movies uh yeah, I, I get why people are like, nope, not watching those. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's uh, so yeah, and you were talking about like '99 uh, as being like the the big your big year mm. for for movies. Was there like, did you like see a movie at some point or like how did you know that you wanted to work in movies? Like like was there like a movie that you saw? I know some people are like, I saw this movie and it changed my life, and this is like yeah yeah um the the movie that made me. Going back to that moment when I was talking about uh, No Country for Old Men, when it ended, and I went, huh. Right. Um, the first time I had that moment was when I watched uh, Reservoir Dogs. Okay. Um, you know, I was, again, I was around 15, um, and I was starting to be uh, more, I was watching movies more actively, more critically. And uh, I was tired of re- always going to the blockbuster. <laughs> Uh, going to the new uh, release section. Right. It's always new releases. For the younger people listening, Blockbuster was where you used to have to go to get movies. <laughs> yeah. You used to have to go out to a store and bring them home and then bring them back on time. <laughs> uh, so I, I was like, no, I'm going to go into the, the older section and try to find something that's kind of cool that I haven't seen, had no mm-hmm. idea about. And I found Reservoir Dogs. And I can't remember exactly if I had already really heard about it or what, but the, it had a really cool cover. <laughs> and uh and i yeah i had heard about um pulp fiction stuff and i just i hadn't seen any of these so anyway i rented uh reservoir dogs and i watched it by myself and uh it tweaked my perception of what an action movie could be right um because it was so much slower than what i was usually attracted to mm-hmm I usually just wanted massive gunfights all the time, yeah. hyper stylized, blah, 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 blah. And then this movie was just slow, one location, dialogue heavy, yeah. with like a couple of gunfights that are very meat and potatoes. Right. And then it ends, spoiler alert, with everyone dying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like it was just, and it cut to black. And, uh, and it just made me think, like I was sitting there thinking about it for a while after that. And, uh, yeah, that that was probably the, the first movie uh, to uh, to do that. I was like, yeah, I want to make I want to make stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, I don't even know what I went on to from there. But it was funny because around the same time I watched um, Face Off, <laughs> <laughs> which was uh, which is funny because that was my movie that did that. <laughs> but, but, At the end, I was like, wait, they took his face off. 
Uh, I love that movie oh, still. Oh, yeah, it's amazing. And I loved it intensely when I was like 16, 15, 16, uh, whenever it came out. Uh, yeah, 15, 98. Yeah. Um, and that was, you know, they're, they're two obviously completely different movies. And what I was just describing, you know, my love of Face Off, that's what I always used to gravitate towards, right? Right. And Reservoir guns and kind of, doves, and just, just doves. Slow so motion, many, just crazy all, action. Just cram. How many more doves can we get? But I loved it, right? Like oh, I loved it. Great. It was a, it was an action movie that it, it uh, had recognizable style. Mm-hmm. It was the first time I looked at it, and said, "Oh, that's what a John Woo movie looks like." Yeah. Right. Whereas other action movies, they all just look the same. Mm-hmm. And uh, I also just thought that the story was just wacky, but really cool and unique. And yeah. Just I, I loved it, the, the bits. So they're 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 action movies, but they're on opposite ends of the spectrum. And uh, and yeah, they were both movies. I went, yeah, I want to make stuff. Yeah, <laughs> I don't yeah. want people when they're looking at it be like that. That's by Ralph Moore. You right. Know? Um, and you know, it was right at that ripe age where. Uh, or 15 where yeah you get excited still yeah yeah <laughs> yeah I think I, I, I think mine was actually Fight Club was uh, the sort of thing that, that I was like I want to try and write something now yeah. when I watched Fight Club um, because I hadn't read the book right um, but I when I when I watched the movie like when I was getting towards the end of it I was just sitting there and I, I remember there were scenes that I don't remember from the end of the movie from the first time I watched it because mm. I just had this moment of sitting there being like wait somebody sat down and they wrote this story yeah. which is currently wrecking my brain <laughs> like it was the, it was one of the moments that I had that I was like this isn't like this isn't this didn't just pop out of the heavens and was just a, a great movie like it was like there were people behind this mm. someone came up with this story and then molded it into to what this is, and then somebody took that story and then turned it into a movie. And I was like, "That is like, that just blew my mind that there were like people behind this that could be yeah. so talented and good at what they do that they can create something like this." Like movies before that, like I was going to see things like, uh, I, I think my my thing when I was growing up was lots of something killing lots of people. <laughs> I watched pterodactyls. If you ever saw that, I which is, the, I, you can probably guess what it's about. <laughs> um, there was like, just like something where it's like the army has burst open this X thing. And a million of these came out and started killing all of them. And it was like, that was all of the movies. Pterodactyl was a volcano was they blew up a volcano. Right, yeah. There were hundreds of pterodactyls right. inside activated by missiles had been just waiting for years to get hit by missiles so that they could activate <laughs> they came out and started killing lots of people um and that was like i watched that there was one with wasps it was the same thing lots of wasps not in a volcano i think they were activated by missiles though i think something <laughs> they really took the godzilla and they were like what if there was like lots of godzillas uh, and they were just all out just like wrecking people and yeah. everyone was like yes do it do it do it with wasps and then with pterodactyls and because I remember those were like two days because I was also Alan's video was the video store that I used to go to and right, I'd walk yeah. uphill both ways and movies cost a nickel but it was like <laughs> he used to go in and um, wander around because it's like when you're sitting down now with Netflix and you're like what am I going to watch except yeah. there it was like you'd go into the dark corners of the video store and you'd be flipping through things people hadn't touched in years like yeah. dust on them yeah. and I was like here we go perfect one about pterodactyls killing people but I think I rented Pterodactyls and Fight Club at the same time, <laughs> which was like super funny because like I watched Pterodactyls and then because they had the the thing that was seven movies for seven days for seven dollars, so you right. could go oh, and yeah, pay seven bucks too. and you could yeah. just get a bunch of movies and you watch one every day. 
and I watched Pterodactyls from Fight Club in the same night, but I watched, like, Pterodactyls has a scene where there is a woman bathing nude in a, in a pond up in a, up in like a mountain and then a pterodactyl flies down and at first you're like that pterodactyl's gonna kill her but then it has sex with her instead <laughs> this is the type of movie that i was watching up until then and then wow. i watched fight club and i was like i need to watch different movies <laughs> <laughs> there are lots of anything killing anything in this movie and i love it yeah fight club is still my favorite movie of all time yeah yeah like it's uh, yeah it came out the the following year like after <laughs> face off and after I watched um, uh, Reservoir Dogs, obviously, so my, my, my brain was already going. And then I saw that movie and it exploded. Yeah. You know, yeah. like it was just the gasoline on the fire then. I was yeah, like, this yeah. is goddamn amazing. Yeah, and I, I think all movies that have broken the fourth wall since then, I think I love that because of Fight Club, because that yeah. was the first time I had really seen that done. Um, and yeah, there's like, there is, there is a lot of stuff with that. And I always sort of wonder, like, if there are those... I don't know if I knew I wanted to be a filmmaker at that point, but that mm-hmm. was something that made me pick up a pen. Right. And I think I, I think a lot of a lot of us are a product of just those little moments that sure. make you pick up a pen or make you yeah. you know yeah. seek out someone who owns a camcorder. Yeah. I tell you, I hope oh, it, ah, if they remake Fight Club. Man, I don't want to say that they would never do that, yeah. but I'm not confident that they won't. Because it's going to be 20 years old and. Three years. Yeah. Three they just years remade ahead. Point Break. That's right. They did. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but just, you know, thinking about movies that can't be made or shouldn't be made or... Shouldn't be made is a good one, too. Yeah. That's a definite shouldn't. Uh, that's a definite shouldn't. Um, but then you can look at these, these old classics, you know, like the obvious example would be like Citizen, Citizen Kane. Yes, Will anyone yeah. ever bother? Will anyone try? How would they? I mean, yeah. yeah. How do you even pitch that? Like, like Point Break was one of the ones that I saw recently that I was like, well, that's a remake that obviously was super easy to pitch. Yeah. Because they're like, oh, it's a heist movie. Like, they were pitched, because I think it is a heist movie in this one. Yeah. And it's a it's a heist movie with um, extreme sports, sports people. Yeah. And it's like, oh, like Triple X, but we'll make it good. But <laughs> that, <laughs> and so they like took that uh, and they're doing that. Like, how would you pitch? Like, to somebody who had never seen Fight Club, how do you pitch like a remake of Fight Club? Like, what aspect of it would they even latch onto to be like, this is what we're gonna do, and this is why it needs to be remade? Yeah, and you also have to think about uh, culturally what it's talking about. Yeah. At that time. Yeah, yeah. Very different than now. They would it would have to be tweaked, and there's a lot of things that just wouldn't. Things are different now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like you wouldn't be able to, like, for example, like that final shot with the two buildings falling down. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's gone. You know? like that's that, gone. That, that scene, like, nobody can look at that the same way. No. Now. Yeah, that's true. Right? Yeah. And there's a lot of airplane stuff in there. Yeah. And just uh, a lot of, like, uh, you know, quasi-terrorist mm-hmm. uh, uh, behavior, right? And it's just, I feel like the world is a little too sensitive for that movie now. Yeah, yeah. And I think if they were to make it, um, it would lose a lot of its edge. Right. Um, even even beyond like its its twists, um, I think they would have to. I think mm-hmm. I don't think they'd be able. To, they wouldn't be able to make it any crazier. Right. That movie's insane. Oh yeah, yeah, it's bonkos. Um, I just I I it's, uh, I really hope. But what was <laughs> what was I heard recently? Oh, Memento. They're gonna do. They're gonna remake Memento, which. Just what, why? Like, like, yeah. <laughs> um, and 
it had something to do with like the rights were bought uh, by like a new company now owns the rights to it and they just have free reign. So they're just like, yeah, we're going to do something. Right. But they don't know what it is. Like they don't know if it's going to be a, a sequel or a reboot or a right. remake or what. But have any of the remakes worked? I can't really think. Well, Star Trek. Star Trek. Yes, that's is, true. Is my go-to example of, of a, a reboot. Yeah. That worked. Now, I don't. I haven't had too many conversations about it with actual Star Trek fans. Right. Yeah. I don't yeah. Know how much they like it? Um, I mean, if they liked the original Star Trek movies, probably not a lot. Right. Yeah. Right. It's very different. It is super different. Um, so you, I guess with the, with those things, you got to wonder who you're rebooting it for. Yeah. Yeah. Like when you look at Star Wars, for example, mm-hmm. what, what I was expecting, why would they? Why would they reboot it? So that people like me would like it. Right. You yeah. know? Like it's, they're not going for the Rosses. They no, want people who they, still have joy want, in their they, life. Yeah. They want people who have joy in their life. They want people who, <laughs> they want the, the built-in audience, right? Yeah, they yeah. Don't piss off millions, hundreds of millions of hardcore fans. Right. Like the hardest of core fans. Yeah, yeah. Because, like, and this is something, like, as much shit as, like, the Transformers movies get, mm-hmm. like, I feel like when they took those movies, they were like, how old were these kids? Yeah. And they were like, so no, let's make movies that these kids are watching now, but we'll just put Transformers in them. Yeah. And then everyone was like, oh boy, Transformers reboot. And then they were like, this is nothing like what I watched as a child. <laughs> and then we're super yeah. upset, which like, yeah. it makes sense. Like yeah. they were, they were awful. Oh, terrible. Oh my God. They're just horrendous. And like, there was nothing really, I can't find anything that they did right. No. Except that they got the names right. <laughs> <laughs> like, Yeah. Yeah, they and it's it's sad to think about. I find it really difficult to think about uh, Jer- Jerry Bruckheimer movies pumping them out. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. just the the amount of money that goes into these sprawling pieces of shit. Oh yeah, it's just it disgusts me. Ninja Turtles. Like, I didn't even fucking touch that one. Don't, don't, <laughs> and, and like. I'm still, like, I watched the trailer for the second Ninja Turtles movie. I was like, looks like they nailed it this time. I actually said that out loud. Because, like, yeah. the Bebop and Rocksteady are in it. And, like, I was like, oh, it looks it looks real. But, like, it's uh, just a... I, it, how is Megan Fox still getting work? I don't understand. <laughs> yeah. Employed exclusively by Michael Bay. Fired by Michael Bay. And then brought back into this... I don't understand. It doesn't make yeah. any sense. Yeah. Yeah. It's sad. Yeah. How are, what 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 time are we at there? Uh, just about an hour and a half. Oh really? Okay. Well, I mean that feels like a pretty natural spot. Where did we did we not finish anything that we were talking about? No, I think we went pretty well. Okay. So we can uh, do some sort of little thing, so it doesn't sound like we just cut off at the end of a sentence. <laughs> we just all got tired and fell asleep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ninja Turtles. Yeah. Yeah, just a quick wrap. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, I think we 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 sort of we sort of answered the question this time. We're getting closer to to what I'm looking for <laughs> to to answer these projects. But we 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 did get into, and I, I think that's an interesting thing to to talk about too. Is what shouldn't be made. Yeah. What what do we not need more of? And there's a lot out there that we don't need. Yeah, for sure. There's a lot of shit being churned churned out on the regular. Yeah, but what we do need is just some goddamn original stories. Yeah, and obviously, Paradise Lost High. Paradise Lost High. (laughs) (laughs) These are these are the things that we need in the future. 
Um, okay, well, yeah, thank you for, for talking yeah, with me. Uh, thanks thanks again. And uh, I will unlock the door once you accept one of the pitches that I've laid out for you. Um, Someone send help. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I guess we'll, I'll just tell people to be on the lookout for Woman in White eventually when that does yeah. hit, the, hit the little screens. And hopefully it'll be at the nickel this year. Yep. Hopefully. Hopefully. Uh, so, yeah. So, you know, some people can see it there. And then it'll eventually be on the internet, the interwebs. Ooh, the mm, future. The future. So you can tweet about it, you animals. <laughs> All right, so that's, that's it. Thank you for listening. Peace. An animal with dirt on his face. His shoes are a terrible disgrace. He has no manners when he eats his food. He's fat and lazy and extremely so thank you all for listening. Thanks to Ross again. Uh, I also like to thank my producer Tim, who's here. It's weird; it's just the two of us right now, so I'm thanking him. Um, but he does more work on this than I do, uh, so it wouldn't be happening without him. So thank you to Tim. Uh, for Ross, uh, check out Woman in White when it becomes available. We'll include the link on this episode, so check back. Hopefully, we'll be able to share it around on some sort of Facebook or Twitter eventually when we get our shit together and start doing things that we should be uh next week or next two weeks we're talking to michaela dyke uh who is a uh, newfoundlander who moved to toronto she's an amazing actor um she adapted dying hard uh and toured that all over the country um which is a way many people in newfoundland may know her uh, so we're really excited to talk to her uh, so tune in next time thank you New kind of jumped up slippery fish, and all the monkeys are in the zoo. Every day you meet quite a few, so you see it's all up to you. You can be better than you are. You could be swinging on a star.